Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, I'm Claire Mutimer. And I'm Susie Coulson. Welcome to The Backstory. In each episode, we'll be hearing about an experience that has happened to someone that shaped who they are. 30 minutes that remind us that everyone's dealing with something. So we're a documentary podcast, a docupod. Except you made that word up. Hello and welcome back to The Backstory. Hi. So Susie, tell us a bit more about this week's episode. Okay, so in this week's episode, we have part one of a two-parter. We're hearing from a couple, Jessica and Matt, who a few years ago had a baby called Albert. Not long after Albert was born, it became clear that Jessica was not acting herself and it emerged that she had a condition called postpartum psychosis. This is a mental illness that comes on soon after birth and affects one to two mothers in a thousand. Jess did some recordings during some of her psychotic episodes and she's kindly allowed us to include some of the clips in the programme. Claire went to meet Jess and Matt in their house to hear from both of them. So I know you have something to tell us about today that happened in your life. Where would you like to begin? Um, well, yeah, so my birth was awesome. So we were all at home. Um, and then sort of, um, because I had the home birth, we didn't actually leave the house for a little while and I didn't kind of go out and I carried on not going out for a, for a good few days, just in my pajamas and stuff. It was really clear sort of a few days in that things were, seemed rather strange. Like I was like hyper. I started to get really hyper and I started to have real pressured speech and ideas like so many ideas and so you were kind of aware that this wasn't right totally aware yeah this this was the thing like a lot of people think that when you're psychotic it's just completely separate and and that in a way was the the more challenging part of the whole um experience was that it it i was very aware i think i was i was particularly careful at the beginning to to not overreact to something which could be part of something completely normal right yeah because uh you know people are people have talked about the hormones after giving birth and how you know you go a little bit crazy and uh and so and so i kind of was was trying as much as i could to kind of justify things like that you know so like going into that experience, the more I went into it, the more physical it became. It was like my body was like almost like physical version of Tourette's type thing of like spasms, really trying to massively megalomaniac, like trying to control the everything around me, every element. And and then, of course, because it was so physical, I wasn't sleeping and then I wouldn't have been able to sleep even if I would tried. So So what happened is about two or three days in, um, we had the midwife appointments and things, and I think when we, when definitely when he realised something was going really sort of 
weird was I basically locked locked myself in the room with um, Albert, my son, and wouldn't let wouldn't come down and was like, I'm not ready. He's not ready. I don't want them to see me like this again. All in the realms of potential possibility. Like you don't want to see the midwife looking, right? You know, yeah. but this was extreme. Right. So I like shut him out and I was screaming at him. Yeah, and-, and I was just downstairs really, uh, to, like to be honest, just really embarrassed because she was massively overreacting. And I was I was sort of going, look, okay, what, what's what's the problem? Even if you're not ready to come down, then just, just you know, let me have Albert. The midwife will weigh him and then she can go. So... You know, there was there was there was definitely definitely something wrong, and the midwife said, "Is she okay?" And I was like, ah, I, "I mean, I honestly, I don't know." You know, um, and so we we agreed that she would come back the next morning. We were checking with each other then about how Jess was, but as it turned out, when when she got here and saw Albert, she just like, "Well, look, just take him to the hospital because he's got jaundice and he needs it sorted as quickly as possible." And so, in a way, that that became Jess Jess's condition sort of became secondary yeah so Albert got jaundice and which meant we had to actually rush to hospital actually it was quite um you know so urgent. he was quite bad without yeah. jaundice but because I was in the early stage of psychosis I, I was yeah. terrified of leaving the house yeah. um and it was like a bunker essentially already yeah and so I I had to I knew that it was interesting because whenever it was about Albert something in me could always make myself do it yeah and then in the taxi, I was like saying to the taxi driver, before we go, we've all got to breathe together. We can't go unless we're all breathing together. Things like that. It was like, mm. So at this point, Matt, your husband, must have pretty much known that something was wrong, right? Or was he still thinking like, this is just... It was interesting because it was still just in the realms of what I might do. Because I'm quite sort of like, uh, you know, sp- spontaneous and... Um, gregarious and all of those sorts of things anyway yeah but it was it was definitely starting to be like uh, this is awkward this is a bit much this is weird you know whereas normally you'd sort of check in and see that other people were playing the game with you yeah there was that that element was going um so then we were dealing with a newborn baby in hospital with the psychosis um as almost this other person really that we were trying to manage and it was really that that time in hospital was horrific. It was, it was a sort of double pronged attack uh, from from my point of view. We we took Albert in and the nurses triaged him, and our, our friend had arrived by then and and took Jess off for some food to just to get her out of the way, you know, because she was she was just the the state the state that she was was in was making it very difficult for everyone. Right. Um, and the, that was that was when the nurses said to me, "Look, you know, we we think there's something really wrong with your wife, and we think that she needs to get help. Would you uh, agree to speak to someone from uh, the psychiatric right. uh, department?" And so I was like, "Wow, okay, yes." I, I was relieved to be honest because it was yeah. like, "Well, it's good. It's not normal. Thank God for that." Um, and at the same time, my sister called me. And she's a she's a GP, huh. and my mum had been with us for that first week and had sort of taken that the cue to kind of uh, go go back home via my sisters. And through my mum talking to my sister about the stuff that had been happened, uh, my sister got straight on the phone and said, "You know, it sounds like she needs some help. It sounds like this is what it is. It sounds like it's postpartum psychosis." 
so so those those two those two calls the call with my sister and the the call with the whoever it was from the from the psychiatric department happened pretty much one thing one straight after another you know and was that on the day that you arrived at the hospital or yes right yeah uh yeah so 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 straight away i mean as much as much as i had been trying to excuse and and pretend that there was nothing wrong i think i think someone objective would have just said there is something really wrong <laughs> and so matt was like right i need to talk to jess about this and he was terrified because he was like how is she going to react because i was already reacting so unpredictably right I was screaming i was violent i was you know all the things that i like to think i'm not in regular uh existence but um I was really volatile and um he didn't know which way it would go and it was incredible because I remember we stood in the room where Albert was under the lamps and he just looked into my eyes and he just said I've spoken to my sister and she thinks you've got postpartum psychosis and it was almost like that moment in who wants to be a millionaire you know when the lights go do 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 because I just looked into his eyes and Matt and my connection throughout the psychosis was really so um powerful in helping me get through and I just I could just connect into his eyes and I was just like I just felt this moment of calm I was just like yeah ah yeah yes that sounds like what I've got it was I mean that was that was like that was like super powering moment of crisis you know (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it's like I feel like it's like the stories of people lifting cars when people are under them you know um because it happened, it happened a couple of times when it really needed to. Oh. And there was just a moment, and it was fleeting, of just going, oh, I could just breathe momentarily and just go, okay. And then, like, the onslaught continued. It was like this orb of moment. Wow. Um, but that was when I said, okay, my name is Jessica. I have postpartum psychosis. It is not my fault. And I used to say that thousands of times. Did you? Thousands. I just kept that in my head. Uh, you know, sometimes it would almost be like, my name is Jessica. I have postpartum psychosis. It is not my fault. Like, you You'd know. say it again and again yeah. and again. It's funny because there was, it was so dark and so funny at the same time. It well, was so, it was so mixed. Yeah, it's so mixed, isn't it? And like, you know, just hearing the sort of little bits of recordings of you, it's just like, it's funny, you know, yeah. like you were funny. And it like. Because I was still me. Oh, there's a jug. Sonia, stop. Don't, don't, no, 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 don't, don't, don't move. Don't move. Can you just wait there for a second? I'm going to get you one. No, don't just, can you just wait there for one second? I've got something to say. Can okay. you just say bollocks again? Bollocks. You're funny. Are you a midwife or a nurse? Yes. I just made a nurse. say bollocks. <laughs> no, don't, don't move. <sighs> it's not me telling you that, Sonia. It's the, the episode. What was I just saying? Uh, ladies of the United Kingdom, can you go and get me some squash in that? Just fill it up with squash, and all I need is some squash in this. How long until crisis gets here? Yeah, my my arm's hurting. He's just flutter feeding now. I know what flutter feeding is now because a very, very, very passionate nurse educated me. If my son hadn't had jaundice, which I, you know, he has jaundice, which is a perfectly normal thing, the NHS has rallied round me. David, David Cameron, I know you're under a lot of pressures, but can I just tell you what you're doing wrong? And I I don't mean to criticise you because I bloody couldn't run a country. I don't know how you do it. Can I just tell you, in my opinion... You can can talk about it if you throw it. Yeah, yes, can you lift it up? David Cameron, can I just tell you in my opinion, my humble opinion, Jessica Bannister's opinion, as I'm having a postpartum psychotic episode. So this is... 
Right, this is a woman who's having a psychotic episode speaking to you. Do you have periods of lucidity and then, yeah. So then I started um, compartmentalising myself into um, like certain names so that I'd say, this is Jessica, this is Jessica um, Bannister, which is my married name. This is Jessica um, Thing, which is, that was me trying to control the psychosis. And then there was the thing and the thing was the psychosis. Right. So I would communicate with people by saying this is this is the thing or this is Jessica thing like or this is Jessica Bannister now talking to you so I would call it lucidity other people would still say I was insane but for me it was like okay I can understand enough what's going on to reach out and almost like out of the depth of it Um, I I remember one time the nurses and of course again they're just pediatric nurses they 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 weren't sort of specialized in 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 anything to do with postpartum psychosis I remember one of the nurses sort of sitting with her while she was in the bath because it was the only way to get her to take a bath and Jess just having this awful awful sort of panic attack terror attack and just screaming and and reflecting on it afterwards you know I I wonder what on earth the rest of the people in that children's ward thought was going on wow yeah um yeah, it must have been quite because so she was on a ward with other people, with other mums, kind of thing, and babies. Well, well yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was it's the, the children's ward at the Norfolk and Norwich, so right. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, you know, we were completely oblivious to it because I was completely absorbed in everything that was going on. You know, but God, yeah, I just I just wonder what people thought. Um, but yeah, from from our from our point of view, it was it, it was it was incredibly well. From my point of view, anyway, it was incredibly frustrating because. Um, Jess was there clearly needing help and there were all sort of sorts of very slow machinations happening that were sort of moving towards working that out. Like, was it mostly that you felt scared? Like what were the emotions that you were feeling? You know, there were so many emotions to it. It was really, really terrifying, like living nightmare stuff. Wow. Um, and And then trying to navigate that while feeding and I was still trying to do that at that time and look after this ill boy who was... Albert was under lamps. Right, yeah. Um so yeah, I mean it it went it was continuing to escalate because all the time I was in there I wasn't getting any treatment. I saw her sort of slipping further and further away from herself and getting more and more ill, just really really badly ill and uh she was she was on the go all the time, but but didn't seem to want to be and was sort of trying desperately to cling to some sense of herself, you know. He helped me and they cared for me as best they could, but they weren't trained in, in psychosis or mental health. They were there f- so for the children. Did you see a psychiatrist when you were at the NNN? No, so I was there for, well, possibly. I feel like I saw about 600 people and I had this thing where I was writing every name down. Anyone that came in, I had like a logbook. I filled about 12 notebooks, you know, probably every few days. I was a stationer's dream because I was just like, <laughs> you know, so much, so much stationary. A crisis team had to be called and they had to get me to a mother and baby unit. And that could have been anywhere in the country because of right. beds. Yeah. Luckily for us, it was in Hackney and we just moved from London. So we had friends because I don't know what Matt would have done no. otherwise yeah. to to be near me just it was a short journey to get from the hospital room we were in with Albert to the car to take me to the mother and baby unit I I think I think we were doing that for the best part of half a day yeah because I kept um getting just so far as the door and I couldn't leave I mean it was it was 
torturous. It yeah. was torturous. And I can keep feeling you're going to stay with me. Yeah, I am. Um, no, so, no, right, right, listen, yeah, listen, 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 I'm scared, okay? Don't be no, no, Everyone's here to help me. Yeah, I'm about to sign here. off. So, I'm, the things I'm doing, can I have my phone in my dressing gown pocket? Yeah. So, all, all I need is my fluids with me. We're just going to talk. We're just going to talk, yeah, Initially, Don't be scared. And, are they going to come in here and talk? Yes. Um, so, if they're just we'll talking, stay you're staying here. Can I get you to tidy up a little? Because I'm house yeah. proud. Yeah. I know. No. Will you put this because on? No, 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 wait, no, 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 no. Who is it? 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 Which nurse? Which nurse? Which nurse? Annie. Have I met Annie? Annie. 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 Can you just? Yeah. No, no, no. He's fine. He's fine. Annie. 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 Is there anyone else with Annie? No, it's just me. Annie. 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 Can you pop your? Annie. kind of worked out like I say we'd been trying to leave the hospital for six hours and not just like okay come on get your coat on we'd been within yards of the door and then had complete apocalypse meltdown right um uh, uh, screaming and shouting and so something I think in Jess recognized that it there had to be there had to be a game that she could play um to sort of trick trick herself around all of the 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 anxiety and feelings that were coming up right um and so, and so, yeah, I, I can't quite remember how, how the plan came about, but... I said, right, I'm going to have to use a song again. Um, and I basically set up this, like, um, like almost this, like, war council in the in the hospital room. And I, was, I drilled everyone. I was like, right, we're leaving here at, like, whatever time it was in the morning, 3 a.m. or whatever. And I was like, we are, we're leaving then, and I need you to all do this. I need you to believe in me. And I was like, properly drilling them and so the 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 idea came that we were we were going she was going to put on this music and we were going to walk out of the walk out of the hospital the 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 four or five of us that were there like reservoir dog style and i played it and i pumped out this tune and i because i was terrified of actually leaving the room and i busted open the door and i and we they all followed me and like everyone walked in slow motion oh, out of the hospital. Well, how that must have looked to other people I know, around. And the people on the reception just, and all the staff. You know, it was awful and it was one of the funniest things that I've been part of in my life. Um, and, and like you say, there were moments of that all the way through. Um, just because of just because of who Jess is. So yeah, she had she had the crisis team sashaying out with their jackets over their shoulders and and sort of, you know, telling them, telling them they weren't doing it right, and all that kind of stuff, and and you know, it was it was funny. And, and as we were getting closer and closer to the exit, in me at least, there was just tension rising and rising and rising. Like, oh, is this one going to go wrong, like all the other ones do? Five of us walking with a little baby in a carry cot, 
because um, don't forget all the way through that we've got a newborn as well yeah and uh, we, we got out and we were under instructions we had to get into the car but she would close the doors so right. she went round bump one door closed bump the second door closed bump the third door closed and we were just like just, we just need to get into the car and the door to close and she took a minute got in and the door closed and we were away 
you know, I need to kind of flag this up, get it. Yeah, definitely. That reminds me of the episode we did on Tiff's story. Yes. And, you know, she had just had a baby. Yeah, And was feeling super tired and was thinking, what's wrong here? Like, um, is this just like what it is? And and then I remember she said something like, oh, you know, her baby was sleeping through the night. She'd got an incredibly well-trained child. And like, and so she was just like, I'm actually sleeping all night. Why am I so tired? And actually, Mm. of course, poor thing ended up, it was because of the Hodgkins. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So maybe there's a moral to this story, isn't there? You know, trust yourself. Trust your instincts. Trust your instincts. Go see your GP. Absolutely. (laughs) Get it checked out if it feels, you know, just a bit too, not normal weird, but a bit too weird. Yeah. There we go. So it's interesting that that this postpartum psychosis, it kind of affects about one or two women in a thousand. Okay. kind of what I've read anyway. And so that sounds like quite rare. Yeah. But. I, I think it's common enough to sort of know someone who knows someone. I put this to the test at the weekend, Susie. Okay. I went to a party and as usual, I was wittering on about the podcast and I said, oh, I've got a really interesting episode this week. And I spoke to a couple of people by like the second or third person I met. They were like, yeah, well, a really good friend of mine had that. I was like, wow. ah, interesting. So yeah, here like we are. Six degrees of separation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take long before you find that one or two people in a, in a thousand. No, God, it really um, doesn't. So what was their situation? how similar was it to Jess and Matt yeah well I mean Jess and Matt had always said to me oh we were really lucky really lucky and I'm thinking you weren't that lucky you had this horrendous thing but they were lucky in that they had that they went to um well you'll find out more in part two but they they you know went to a mother baby unit and um but in this case um that my friend was telling me about her friend was sectioned and so unfortunately was also separated from her baby um, by having to go into a psychiatric unit. Okay. So there was like two weeks there where she wasn't with her baby. So obviously that must have been hard. And I think also then they had a situation where she was in hospital quite a long way away from her husband and he was having to carry on working. So I think that's a real problem. That's that huge strain on partners, isn't it? Trying to work. And we've had this in, in... In other stories, you know, that thing where you're trying to work, you're trying to visit your partner, bond with the baby, you know, you're seeing your partner go through this absolute nightmare without, you know, feeling as though you're not supporting them. Um, Yeah, it's really hard. It puts people in an impossible situation, doesn't it? Yeah, I just think there must be so many partners, like, or so many situations where, like, yeah, you have a baby, just you just couldn't have possibly imagined, like, the situation you're going to end up in. Yeah, I know that um, Adele promoted her best friend's blog didn't she because she had yeah PPP. yeah, yeah. Her Adele's godson so next week we've got part two and the journey to Hackney um from the NNN which is the Norfolk and Norwich which that is also pretty eventful that mention of Hackney seamlessly brings me on here to um an update I had recently seamlessly Did you see how I did that um from an East End footballer um that we had in season four episode one Kiki it was called hide or confide Kiki's story yeah which was a fab episode with Kiki telling us about how she hadn't told her dad that I she know. was gay God, yet. She hadn't come out to him, had she? No. Oh. Well, I caught up with Kiki recently um, and I'm pleased to say that she has done the deed and told her dad. Yay, fantastic. And he took it surprisingly well um, and apologised to her for all the silly things he'd said about gay people in the past. So, yeah, I, I think that- people say those things. Well, you know, hopefully people say those things and... They just don't really mean them. You know, hopefully in lots of cases when they're faced with someone that they love, then, you know, everything else just fades into the background. Yeah. She said by being on the podcast and talking about it, it made all her friends talk about it to her. And 
um, persuade her that she must tell her dad sort of thing. So it's really kind of brought it to the fore for her. Another service Um, from the backstory. Well, there you go. See, he didn't charge. But her dad called her and was like, oh, can you come and help me babysit? Because he's got younger kids. And she went down there. Mm. And... Uh, yeah she told me about this sort of excruciating weekend where she like almost told him and like it was obviously on the tip of her tongue like all weekend and like and then like he he made some other I don't know the phone rang or something happened and he you know and she, like the moment passed and then like she said there was like another moment and eventually she managed to spit it out and say Brilliant. it and um uh so yeah so it's all out in the open now and all good and he was fantastic really happy, so, congratulations yeah. that's that's lovely yeah okay so moving on it's time for our podcast recommendation yes what is it this week you've been listening to a new podcast that's taken your fancy haven't you Susie? yeah it's called blank there's only one episode out at the moment um and that's not where we've just forgotten to record the word by the way it's actually it is blank. actually called yeah. blank yeah. yeah which you know it's cool and it's all about those blank moments that we have that <laughs> you and I seem to have <laughs> an increasing amount of yeah. so I think the idea is that they're going to be talking to kind of authors and comedians and actors and you know people who suffer from blank moments and Ooh, right. you know, as, as we all do and how they how they get through them I haven't had chance to listen to the whole of the first episode but the first one is with John Ronson and it's I really like what I've heard so far it's quite a kind of long interview right nice and slow John Ronson's great anyway he's talking about empathy as his kind of first way in you know that that sometimes people are you know maybe your empathy is a little bit misplaced sometimes somebody turns out to be not so nice after all but as a general you know just a general rule of thumb when you first meet people a bit of empathy goes a long way. Um, he says that, you know, as he gets older, he talks about how now that he's older, he um, realizes that he's kind of, I can't remember the term he uses, but like a bag of mental health issues, which again, we all are. And so he says, you know, given that that's what he's like, how can you not be empathic towards other people when you meet them? So, that's so true. Yeah, really, really lovely, just quite sort of quiet and the sort of thing that you would listen to, you know, in walking a quiet the dog place. in a quiet place when you're feeling in need of a nice, gentle, soothing conversation. Oh. So, yeah, so that one is called Blank. First episode with um, John Ronson or Ron Johnson. I've written Ron Johnson, did I really? <laughs> John Ronson, oh, yeah. Remember. Anyway, there we Moment go. There. there we go. Um, brilliant. Well, I look forward to listening to that, actually. And any podcast recommendations, we're always pleased to hear about. Like, we love to share the love of the podcast. Yes, please. Definitely. Next week, we're coming back for part two of Jess and Matt's story. So please do make sure you're subscribed and ready for that to download. Also, please make sure you tell your friends about the podcast. If you're enjoying this, then maybe they will too. Um, send us around a WhatsApp group of your friends or post us on Facebook. We would love to go on a social media journey. So post our new and beautiful logo wherever you can. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. We are The Backstory Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at The Backstory Pod on Twitter. Search for The Backstory with Claire and Susie in your podcast directory. For sponsorship opportunities, or if you'd like to take part in a show, please contact hello at thebackstorypodcast.co.uk. The Backstory Podcast is produced by Tin Shared Productions.